0: Time. Yay! We're on, let's go. I was really worried um, that maybe we wouldn't get to be here, but I'm incredibly thankful to God that there is 140-ish youth and leaders as well, and I'm I'm just so so excited that we can be here. And that we can be here together and that we can be here listening to the Bible together now. Uh, So if you don't have a Bible, um, we'll we'll source one for you for next session. But make sure you keep your Bible open. We're going to be doing a bit of flicking today as we think about fire. In 1987, uh, there was a fire in the People's Republic of China. This was called the Black Dragon Fire, and this was one of the most devastating fires that there has ever been. Uh, This burned 7.3 million hectares of land. Uh, This uh, killed 266 people. Uh, This left 50,000 people homeless, and this fire lasted for well over a month. People need to respect and fear fire. Because fire is great. Some of us might remember the terror at the end of 2019 uh, as there were those bushfires. I know a lot of people who lived up in the St. Ives Chase had their bags packed and they were ready at the moment's notice to get everything they had to put it in their car and to go. Because when the fire is coming for you, you have no other option but getting out of the way. Because we need to fear and respect fire, because fire is great. So why are we calling this camp on fire if we're just going to talk about the kind of destructive nature of it? Um, This is just one picture of many that we're going to use throughout the next few days to describe what does it look like for us. What does it look like for me? What does it look like for you? People from year six all the way through to year 12, guys and girls dealing with a whole bunch of different things. What does it look like for us to be on fire for Jesus? What does it look like for us to follow Jesus? That's what we're on about here at Christ Church, if you haven't been before. That's what we're on about here on summer camp, and that's what Jesus was on about too. And so we're going to, just as a little introduction for what we're doing, over the next five days, be doing five talks on different aspects of following Jesus and growing with him as we follow him with our whole heart. The first one today, we're going to talk about magnification. They all start with M, by the way. This one's the one that's kind of forced most to start with the letter M. But today we're going to talk about magnification, that is worshipping God with everything. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about maturity and being grounded in God's word. On Monday, we're going to talk about membership and what it looks like to live with God's people in God's community. On Tuesday, we're going to talk about mission and how God's people love to share the good news. And on the last day, we're going to talk about ministry and how God's people love to joyfully serve. That's a little picture of where we're going, but for now, we're going to talk about the greatness of God. Because God is great. Now, I don't just say that to be like, oh yeah, God, like he's pretty great. No, I want us to think God is great. He is spectacular. I want us to just think about for the moment how great God is. We meet someone in today's passage who recognizes that God is great. And they approach Jesus, and, and they ask him some good questions. But before we get to that passage, I just want us to ponder for a minute how great and how spectacular God is. Now, I have here in my pocket um, a grain of sand that I prepared earlier, and I'm just going to walk over here, and I'm just going to place it on the ground. Let's just say that this little grain of sand is the earth that we live in, which is very big, just just so we're all aware. The Earth is very big, but we're just going to pretend that that is a grain of sand. Now, I had a prop, and it was about this big. Can someone get me something that's about this big? Just throw it at me, and I'll try my best to catch it. Yes, Ethan's phone. (laughs) Oh, no, oh! I'm so sorry. In my my defense, there's a lot of, like, smoke machine smoke here. (laughs) Okay, if that grain of sand over there is the Earth, then this is the sun. And that grain of sand would be 12 meters away from the sun. We're just thinking like scale here. We're trying to think about how big the universe is because we're thinking about how big God is, the one who created it. Thanks. Uh, We're thinking about how big God is because he isn't just great. He is great. Okay, so if that grain of sand is the earth, and if this Ethan's phone is the sun, in like scale and distance, how close is the nearest solar system? Who, who would like to guess? Henry, can I get you to stand in this room? Just stand where you think the nearest solar system is, if, if this is the sun and that is the earth. Everyone cheer him on. He's going to do a great job. Let's go, Henry. Okay. Okay. oh that's quite good well done henry well done henry now i i have a confession well done mate you can come back stop running okay great um i have a confession to make uh henry was never going to actually be able to find it i'd hope that someone had stood like maybe this far away and gone like this far no if that was the earth and if this was the sun, the nearest solar system, isn't just a bit outside. It isn't just over to Deer Park. It's actually 3,000 kilometers that way. The universe that we live in is massive. And the God who created this universe is spectacular. He is great. There is something just about how big and how massive he is that I'd like us to think about. He is so big. He created everything. He sustains everything, and he's the one that is in control of all things. And this God that has the universe in mind also cares for us. Even though God is great and God is spectacular, he intimately knows us. Um, Here is a verse in Psalm 146 talking about God's power in creation. And He says this, He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. That was my misspelling. Sorry about that. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. See, God is great, not just because of His power, but because of His character as well. God isn't just some big, scary God off in the distance, but he deeply cares. Even though his concerns far outweigh our own, He cares. He intimately knows us. God is spectacular, and he is kind. And in our passage today, we meet a man who approaches Jesus with a question. He knows and he recognizes how magnificent, how great God is, and he wants to work out how to best follow him, and how to best serve him, and how to best worship him. And that leads us to our next point, that our hearts are made to worship. This man comes up and he asks this question. He says, Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Which is the most important? I wonder how you would answer this. And this is where Jesus says something that is absolutely spectacular and absolutely revolutionary. It's a truth about you about me and about every person that has ever existed, and that is that we were made to worship. You and I, we were made to worship something. We were made to love something. We were made to desire. We were made for something. Here's what Jesus says. The most important one of the commandments, says Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the most important command for you and for me. Love God. Worship God with everything. Love God with your whole heart. We know that he is magnificent and we know that he is worthy and he loves us with everything. And that is why we were made to worship him. See, we're on this camp for the moment for one very good reason, and that is this, to make the name of Jesus great above everything else, because we were made to worship. And we all worship something. It might not necessarily look like just going to a temple and bowing down and worshiping the various gods or the various like, arguments or anything like this. No, we are made to worship, and our worship is shown in what we love, in what we care about, in what we desire. If you would be absolutely distraught, devastated, and you wouldn't be who you were if something was taken away, then you are worshiping that thing. We were made... To worship. We're created with such a deep desire in ourselves for something else. For something that will satisfy us. Something that will give us rest. We need something. And we're only made to worship one thing. Jesus. Nothing else will satisfy. If we worship success, we will only ever crave more. If we worship popularity, we will be so concerned about what people think of us. We will be consumed by these thoughts. If we worship any other god, like back in the ancient times, people worshipped a whole bunch of different gods and today, but it's interesting to think about how we might worship maybe science or worship the government or worship things like this. If we worship these things, are they going to actually fulfill us and and fill this God-shaped hole in us? Are we worshiping our phones? We spend so much time on them, but are they really actually satisfying us? Or are they changing us and making us want to actually worship and love what they produce even more? I'll be honest, I'm just tired of trying to worship anything that is not Jesus. I'm tired of falling short of this command to love God with my whole heart and soul and mind and strength because nothing will satisfy this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, back in the Old Testament, Solomon, who was a very wise man and he was very rich, very wealthy, very powerful, he had it all. And yet he writes this after his experience of everything. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear of its hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. We're made to worship. And anything will leave us tired, will leave us dissatisfied, will leave us hungry for more. And we will be consumed by our worship of anything that this world has to offer that is not Jesus, because we are made to worship Him. We are called to love Him, not just with a bit, but with everything. And so we will worship God with everything. If we're made to worship and God is the thing to worship, then let's worship Him. Let's worship Jesus with our whole hearts. Wholehearted disciples, that's a fancy word for followers, wholehearted disciples of Jesus worship God with everything and with their whole heart. I mean, it makes sense, right? We're not half-hearted disciples of Jesus. We want to be wholehearted. And so as we think about worshiping God with our whole heart, I thought it might be helpful for us to just pause and think about his heart for us. Remember this big and spectacular and mighty God of the entire universe we talked about? You know, the one that that spoke everything into being. The one that has the right to just wipe us out and start again because he is perfect and holy and we fall short. That God, yeah. He is great and glorious and good. And yet he is gracious. I'll say that again. God is great and God is glorious and God is good, but he is also gracious gracious. The heart of God, God's very desires for us, are so much bigger and so much more beautiful than we can possibly imagine. Think about how he forgives us. For those that aren't aware, God has worked to forgive you so that you can love him wholeheartedly. God worked sacrificially through Jesus, who we're going to keep talking about (laughs) every day, in every segment, in every program, because Jesus is great. This love of Jesus was deeply costly, was intentional, was sacrificial, and was all for us. The heart of Jesus is for us. No matter how you're feeling today, no matter how you came here, no matter how angry you might be at God for what's going on in the world at the moment, the glorious creator of all, has shown his love for Jesus, his love in Jesus for you. Elsewhere in the Bible, we see this guy, Paul, uh, write this. He prays this for this church in Ephesus. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp How wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ? God's love for you, and if you you don't think I'm talking about you, then you're wrong. God's love for you in Christ Jesus, his offer of forgiveness for you is so big, is so great, that Paul needs to pray that people will even remotely begin to get a hold of it. Because it is so much wider than we can comprehend. So much longer, so much deeper, so much higher, so much everything. God's love for us in Jesus is everything. And so let us love him. That's his heart for us. Let's have this heart for him. And so it's this love of Jesus for us that will consume in a beautiful way. That will then help us love God. Now, one of the beautiful things about being in a church this size, in a church anywhere pretty much, is that uh, we don't have to be with people that are just like us. So if you look around you, everyone here is pretty young, even me. I'm lumping myself into that. I'm just 25. Um, Yeah, whatever. Um, But I thought it'd be really beautiful if we actually got a really whole picture of, of what it looks like to follow Jesus from some people in our congregation at our church who are, who are a bit older, a bit more experienced, a bit closer to glory. Um, and so we're going to do a thing each talk called Wise Words, and I hope we have a really dodgy video I made about to play. <laughs> I did a theme song. Can we get the theme song? It was really good. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll bring my xylophone for tomorrow, and we can do the theme song. Um, sorry, wise words, because the reality is we're pretty young, and we're still working out what it looks like to follow Jesus, right? And so, what better way other than to look in the Bible ourselves? Wise there we go, I did it. What better way for us wow. than to actually get a picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus from people that have been following Jesus for way longer than we've been alive? This is my friend Barry. Um, Barry is a member, oh the, the quality is average, we'll, we'll, fix that, we'll fix that for tomorrow as well. Um, Barry loves Jesus, he's a member of church in the morning, and I asked Barry to share a bit about why he loves worshipping Jesus with his whole heart. He says this, he says, I am humbled by that knowledge and sometimes when I'm singing something along those lines that I become somewhat emotional, that is the, the news that Jesus loves him. That Christ died for me means something of far greater significance than any of the ills that can befall us in this life. To love him, to serve him, to worship him is my only proper response. Oh, that I would love him, serve him better, worship him more sincerely. This is a guy that loves Jesus, and his prayer is to keep loving Jesus, Because the more you understand God's love for you, the more you will want to love God all the more. This man that asked Jesus this question 2,000 years ago knew this, and he understood this. And here's what he said. After Jesus called him to love, love God with his whole heart, well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To live for him with all your heart With all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus said to this, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't want your outward appearance. Jesus doesn't want your popularity. Jesus doesn't want your success, your accomplishment. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants everything. I've heard that following Jesus is a bit like having a house. You invite him in because he is Lord. And you invite him in. And and as he comes in, he actually then starts to own every part of your house. Remember, we're loving him with our whole heart, our whole understanding, our whole mind, our whole strength. He can come in and take control of every part of the house. And there are plenty of different rooms. There's the study where you do all your schoolwork. There's the lounge room where you relax or you invite people over. There's, there's the dining room where you eat and, and where you consume. And there's and there's that, that room in the basement where that's where your deepest, darkest secrets are. Now, a lot of us, when we invite guests over, won't invite them into the deepest, darkest room of the basement. That corner of our heart that just wants to hold on to control. That part that will That we don't want to give up. Guys, following Jesus with your whole heart means you let him into that. Jesus wants your whole heart. There's no part that is hidden from him. You can't be on the fence. We follow Jesus and we follow him with everything. That's the call for me. And I need to think about that every day. And that's the call for you. Worship Jesus, with everything, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And so how do we worship? That's a, just a quick question we're going to look at. What does that look like? Well, the answer is, as we said, is everything. Here's what Paul said to a church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true and proper Worship. Now, when this says sacrifice here, it doesn't mean go and die on the cross. Jesus already did that. But what we're called to do is give everything to Jesus. That is worship. Letting our heart be with him, that is worship. Becoming more and more like him, that is worship. And there are two key ways that we do this at church, um, and that is through prayer and in song. We're going to be talking about prayer a bit. We're going to be praying in just a second. But as we pray, as we think about how great God is, there is nothing better than trusting my problems, my hurts, my feelings, my worries, my anxieties, my stress. There is nothing better than just giving them to Jesus, the one who is in control of all things. That's prayer. And then in song... Now, I surveyed some of our leaders last year. I don't know if you know this, but just to get a kind of bit of a vibe on the spiritual health of our youth community. Um, I think that we have an excellent youth. There are so many of us here. Just look around. There are so many of us that couldn't even be here. If you're listening at home, we love you. But I really wanted to get a gauge, not just on the outward appearance, but on our hearts. And how that reflects in some of our actions. And one of the key ways that we worship God with everything is through singing to him. I asked the leaders a question. How many of the youth in your group love singing praises to God? Here are the results. That's not many, if I'm honest. And I know COVID has hampered things. I know masks makes things uncomfortable. But I wonder if this is a reflection of our heart. God loves us with everything. Why don't we love singing to Him? We're going to do it in just a second. But I'd love for this to encourage us and to motivate us to think about how can we be singing to God? Now, like, this is, a, this is a big room. This is, it's, it's loud. You can sing your heart out because it's just you and God. And your, your, your sings, your words that you sing encourage those around you as well. And I would love to be able to hear each and every single one of you. We're going to do a fireside in a minute, and we're actually going to do it with all of junior high and senior high. And senior high, this is a chance for you to step up and to lead junior high. And to model to us, what does worshiping God with everything look like? It doesn't look like caring for the people. Caring, ooh, it does look like for caring for the people about you. It doesn't look like caring what the people around you think. It doesn't look like being embarrassed. Worshiping God with everything. With everything. That's for you and Him to work out. We're going to pray now, so I'm going to invite Britt and Tom up. But firstly, we, are, we were made to worship. We were made to worship the great God who is good, who is gracious, who is glorious, and who is great. Who is above all. So I'm going to pray to him now. Our Father, you are great. You are indeed what we are to worship. We love you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for using him as a sacrifice for us so that we can love you. We ask, Lord, that you would, you would shape our hearts this week. That you would give us a big picture of you. That we would love nothing more than to worship you with everything. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.